If you went back and you look at what we've done around cost savings, which has been the most prominent and dominant measure of procurement success for, for many, many years. When we look at where we are today and we look at how some of the priorities have changed, certainly anybody with a product-based supply chain, their focus has been on supply assurance, protecting revenue, sustainability in these other areas. I've had organizations and leaders of procurement tell me that you know cost to them today in some of these product-based organizations is number four or five on their list. And so, so what we see is this broadening of these priorities and now how do we bring visibility? Welcome to the Hackett Group's Business Acceleration Podcast. Week after week, you'll hear from top experts on how to avoid obstacles, manage detours, and celebrate milestones on the journey to world-class performance. Hello, everybody. Thank you for joining us today. My name is Vicky Kavan, and I'm one of the senior advisors in procurement and purchase to pay based out of the UK. Joining me today, I've got Chris Sawchuk, who leads our procurement advisory practice, and Tim Yu, who is a principal leading our procurement technology enablement practice in the United States. So I'm going to be asking for their views and insights into some of the findings to come out of the key issues study that we ran at the back end of 2021. This is an annual study that we've been running for many years at the Hackett Group, and we use it both to assess the impact of changing trends and also to help guide our research agenda for the following year to make sure that our research is answering the questions that are really front of mind for our procurement executives. Now, one of the strongest themes to come through in this year's results is the continued broadening of procurement responsibilities. Supply risk moved up to number one ahead of cost reduction and sustainability entered the top five priorities globally. Chris, let's start with you. Does this reflect the conversation that you're having with our advisory members and what kind of thing do you think is really driving it? Vicky, it's a great question because one of the things that we are seeing in today's agenda is that the the number of areas of priorities for leaders of procurement supply management has increased quite significantly. You know, if you look at some of the areas that you've highlighted, the, the elevation of supply risk and specifically around supply assurance, as well as the focus on digital transformation, the focus on you know, corporate social responsibility and specifically diversity within the supply base, as well as you know, sustainability. What you find is that procurement leaders now have a number of different focus areas and priorities that they have to balance in enabling their companies the success of their companies today. And so the expectations have changed. So if we went back, say, five years ago, And I would review the key priorities that have come out of the study with some of the executives. You know, they would tell me that, you know, Chris, yes, this reflects a number of the areas that we find as our priorities as well, but not all of them. Today, when I'm listening and talking to these leaders of supply management procurement, what they're telling me is is the priorities that we're extracting from the studies that we do in this particular area are very much aligned to what their priorities are. And one of the reasons is, is the broadening of the agenda and the set of priorities that they have today. What you're finding is much more alignment between organizations in terms of what they're focusing on than what we have seen in the past. The difference is, is there's a little bit of variation depending on the geography, the industry, and just the maturity of different organizations in terms of the ranking of those within those companies. But the breadth and the number 
and the and the exact priorities are very much similar today and broadening as what we versus what we have seen uh, over many years. To echo what Chris was saying, uh, we're seeing more and more procurement organizations getting involved in supporting, ensuring sources of supply because of ongoing supply chain issues. Uh, supply assurances included identifying alternative sources of supply, shoring up transportation and logistics, and even warehousing. Um, all parts of the supply chain have been at risk and impacting businesses. In parallel, we're also seeing increased demand uh, from our clients for supporting procurement organizations in managing third-party risk, uh, defining what the risk domains are, setting up process ownership, integrating into their end-to-end source-to-pay processes, uh, particularly during supplier onboarding, um, and as well as implementing technology solutions to actively monitor their third-party risk. And, and that's a been a big growth area uh, for our practice. Okay, interesting points. Uh, something that you both just mentioned was supply assurance. And I suppose considering that and the price volatility we've seen, the inflation levels, certainly I've had feedback around resource scarcity. It feels to me that cost avoidance is going to become much more important in the near term as a way of measuring procurement results. Chris, I guess question for you, how do you see risk and sustainability factoring into the procurement performance scorecard? You know, one of the things that I mentioned earlier is this broadening of the thing of the areas of priorities that procurement organizations are focusing on. You know, we talked about today that agendas of these leaders in procurement have that, you know, the agendas and the priorities are much more similar across organizations. And that's a result of the broadening of, of all of the priorities that we have. It's made it much more similar. Now, the question then becomes is, you know, how do we bring, you know, quantification and visibility to what we're doing here? If you went back and you look at what we've done around cost savings, which has been the most prominent and dominant, you know, measure of procurement success for for many, many years. When we look at where we are today and we look at how some of the priorities have changed, certainly anybody with a product-based supply chain, you know, their focus has been on supply assurance, protecting revenue, you know, sustainability in these other areas. I've had organizations and leaders of procurement tell me that, you know, cost to them today in some of these product-based organizations is number four or five on their list. And so, so what we see is this broadening of these priorities. And now how do we bring visibility? Because some of the areas that you've mentioned, risk, sustainability, are much more difficult to bring visibility to them. The reason that we want to bring visibility and put it on scorecards is because it drives behavior. You know, the old adage, you know, what gets measured gets done. And so one of the things that we want to do is bring visibility to it. We want to measure, you know, what we're doing in that particular area and ensure that that's driving the behavior we want out of the organization. I think the environment that we have today, we are driving these behaviors. Uh, There's a lot of things that are driving the focus, the executive sponsorship of risk, the executive sponsorship of sustainability is driving a lot of behavior here. So it's not just being driven based on the fact that we're measuring it. But what we are seeing is organizations emerging and bringing visibility to this on their scorecard. And today in sustainability, you know, we see more and more organizations trying to bring visibility to, you know, the carbon footprint that they have, you know, within their supply chains. 
And there's a lot of activity around that today. There's assessments that organizations are doing. So there's ways that we're trying to get that visibility. You know, beyond that, as you think about risk, we're also looking at things in terms of how do we bring visibility to the level of risk that exists with our supply base. And it's a very difficult thing. Uh, how do we try to predict, you know, what's going to happen, that level of risk? Because things can happen that we haven't done anything to try to mitigate that risk. And so you can measure the number of events. We can measure the revenue that's impacted or at risk based on the level of risk we have in the supply base. So these things are emerging. I think, you know, the path that we're on today is more and more organizations are focusing on trying to bring visibility to these areas. But it's not going to be as quantitative and exact as what we have done with, you know, bringing the visibility to the spend savings, you know, focus that we have focused on for so long. What we're seeing is more and more companies are investing in ESG, environmental, social and and governance. Uh, They're setting goals and targets. And as Chris mentioned, measuring their sustainable, responsible and ethical investments. That often starts with designing their processes and how they're identifying and engaging in these third parties that they work with. And and as we talked about third party risk management, that is where we're able to include ESG in the process, as well as the proactive management um, of these suppliers. Thank you, Tim. And sticking with you for a moment, during the pandemic, we saw companies with high levels of digitalization, much less disrupted by the switch to remote working. And once again, Accelerate Digital Transformation is a top five priority for procurement functions, as well as being the most common enterprise initiative. Does it reflect what you are seeing in the market? It does. We've never been as busy candidly supporting our clients in their digital transformations. Oftentimes it starts with developing their business case and their technology roadmap, uh, prioritizing where to start, um, and also preparing them for their journey ahead um, from managing the solution implementation, the change for uh, their employees, um, and understanding what their future organization is going to look like. We've been preaching that a little preparation will ensure clear goals from the start, um, including milestone goals and objectives that they can measure their progress throughout their journey. Uh, And we're seeing more and more companies um, invest in that. What we're seeing on the technology side, we're seeing uh, a trend of companies investing more in these full suite solutions that incorporate um, everything from third-party risk management into sourcing, contracting, vendor onboarding, procure to pay, because they are related and it is an end-to-end process. And there are are definitely sweet synergies there. Yeah, just to add on to what Tim said, I mean, a couple of things he mentioned. One was the, you know, the continued, you know, movement from, you know, legacy solutions into these cloud-based suites. And, you know, as we looked at the results of our study, one of the questions that we did ask was, yeah, just the, the, the level of movement, not only where organizations are today in terms of the investments in you know, various technologies that you know, populate and you know, permeate the procurement landscape, but also you know, what is the projected increase in investments over the next year? And the area similar to last year that has the highest projected increase in 2022 is the movement from legacy into cloud-based suites. It's at 19%. A little bit of a deceleration from last year, but the highest rate of projected growth 
you know, of all of those various technologies in 2022. I think the other thing that I would highlight in terms of, you know, this, this focus on digital transformation and, you know, Tim highlighted, you know, in his practice, the, you know, the fact that they're very busy in this environment. We saw this acceleration occur. And, you know, if you've listened to any of our webcasts and podcasts in the past, we've highlighted, you know, the, the focus and the acceleration in digital transformation that was the result of the, the pandemic environment that we've all been through. You know, there's a lot of, you know, you know, all of the societal, you know, impact that is a result of that pandemic. But one of the good things is, you know, I would say, you always look at the, the glass half full, is that one of the positives that it certainly shined a light on, you know, the vulnerabilities in organizations. It exposed the disparities between those organizations that had done more in terms of digitally transforming their environment versus those that didn't. And as a result of that, and because there was more visibility to that, what you saw was a massive focus in terms of this acceleration in the digital transformation across the organization because of this visibility. And that's continuing as we see uh, going into 2022. Uh, the one area I just, you know, just talking about digital transformation and technology, the one other area that, that really is projected to have, you know, more significant acceleration in 2022 is anything that has to do with data. You know, as you look at digital transformation technologies, there's really two real good enablers. It's not just the technology itself, but there's the data that feeds all of this technology that becomes very important in terms of enabling the, the insights that we can get out of it. And, and, and when you look at the data-related technologies, whether that be, you know, tools that allow us to visualize, you know, you know what we're doing from a data analytics standpoint, the analytical tools, um, as well as master data management types of technologies, we're seeing a similar level of forecasted uh, growth as we're seeing in the movement to cloud-based suites uh, in these data-related you know, technologies for 2022. Chris, I know you and I have talked at length about the procurement capabilities that are critical enablers for a successful transformation do you, you want to share some insight around how well-equipped procurement teams are to deliver on their transformation goals at the moment? Great question, Vicki. And I, I want to go back to, you know, some of the conversation that Tim and I were having, you know, around digital transformation. I think it's fundamentally important to just understand what truly is digital transformation. You know, it is about technology, but it's not just about technology. Uh, it is about creating an operating model, a, a, a service delivery model that's much more customer-centric. We're doing that in our companies. You know, we saw that you know, rise significantly in our key issue study from an enterprise standpoint that if we're going to grow as an organization or we're going to become more competitive, you know, part of that driving that growth is to become more customer-centric and, and improve that customer experience. So as we're looking internally, that comes down to the stakeholder. So there's that piece of, you know, becoming much more customer centric, but there's also the whole piece around being faster, you know, the velocity, you know, there's a, just a pace and a cadence that has increased significantly within our businesses. And again, that's being driven by some of the things I said before, you know, if, as we're focusing on top line growth, you know, we don't want to delay that growth. And, and, and right now we have some significant process issues and some of the things, the risk assessments that we're doing that are very needed. But we have to figure out ways to improve that. 
And so as you think about, you know, procurement in these capabilities that we need to have to enable this digital transformation, to enable our companies to be successful, you know, I would say that, you know, two of the things that enable digital transformation are the people that are going to engage in that environment going forward, specifically our procurement professionals. And so as we fundamentally change what that environment looks like going forward, an environment that's moving from less of a process, or I call it a sequential process automation kind of environment, you know, automating not only our transactional rec-to-pay kinds of processes, but also things that are more transactional when we start thinking about sourcing, seven-step models. You know, more and more of those things are going to be automated. And more of where procurement is going to be spending its time is on the data. The data exhaust is coming out of these systems. Intelligence that they're creating through not only the stuff that's coming out of our systems, coming out of our supply markets, et cetera. And so as we spend more and more time, you know, focusing on this intelligence, which in our minds allows us to truly potentially create a competitive differentiator and advantage for our companies is going to be a key area that procurement has to get better at. And so your question is, how well are, are we in, in equipped in actually doing that? I think today we have a gap. When we ask organizations in procurement, you know, where are some of the biggest gaps you know, in terms of their skills today? What we hear and what we found in our studies is the biggest gaps around data, around analytics, and around technology. We also have some gaps in terms of, you know, customer relationships and, you know, things like that as well. But it's around those areas. And as we look at the future, these areas are very critical for the skills of the procurement professional. We can't be in an environment where we have a third party or somebody in our group that does all of our analytics for us, you know, spend analytics. I got, you know, Charlie sitting down, this, you know, down the hallway doing all the spend analytics for me. We as procurement professionals all have to get very good at analyzing data and extracting the insights from that and providing those insights, not looking in the rear review mirror, but predictive things, you know, things that we can, you know, certainly enable our business to be successful and create differentiation. The other thing is, you know, about this data is that data gets stale over time. So it's not just about acquiring that data, creating intelligence, providing direction to our business in terms of what they need and where they need to go in a predictive way. It's also what we have to do it in a timely way because data that's valuable today is not going to be as valuable three weeks down the road. So this becomes very key. And it's also very key to allowing procurement organizations to meet their third top priority in 2022. And that's becoming a more trusted, a more knowledgeable business advisor to the organizations that they support. Thanks, Chris. That's really good insight. And over to you, Tim, what would your advice be right now to companies planning their procurement technology digital transformations? That's a good question. It seems logical that proper preparation and planning is necessary for these large-scale initiatives. But what we see a lot of companies do is seem to rush into these journeys, thinking that just selecting the technology and rushing to implement is the silver bullet. Um, so my advice is to make sure you're doing the right planning. You're thinking about the resources required to execute. Um, and really important, the resources required um, after the implementation in your future state. 
Uh, Chris talked about the different skill levels around analytics as well as around supporting these future technologies. Uh, companies need to think about that in their future organizations. Uh, it's hard to recruit and find people with these skill sets. So you have to train people up and um, to make sure that you've got the right resources. Thanks, Tim. That's great advice. Now, I notice you have both touched on the talent element during your answers so far. Um, this was another huge theme to come out of the key issues and and our wider Hackett Group research over the previous year. Um, Chris, how can procurement organizations meet their challenging objectives when they're being asked to deliver more for less? And as we know, employee turnover is sky high. Well, it's never easy. <laughs> and, and, and as you look at, you know, some of the questions that we ask organizations and, and specifically, you know, one of the questions that we ask procurement organizations, as well as the enterprise on a whole, you know, as you look into the next year, what's going to be happening with the workload? What do you expect the workload change to be in 2022? And what organizations, you know, highlighted, you know, in a median kind of level is that workload is going to increase quite significantly. You know, I think it was over 11%. But then we ask them the follow-up question is, what's happening in terms of your investments in staff as well as your overall budget itself? And, and what organizations highlighted in those two areas, it's going to remain relatively flat in 2022. But then we ask them the, you know, another question, and, and that was their investments in technology. And this is where we saw them highlighting a more significant increase in their technology investments for 2022. It was over 7%. So what we're seeing is something that we've talked about for some quite, you know, for some time. And that is this increasing productivity of the organization itself. You know, how can we create an environment which is less labor dependent and, you know, more productive than what we have done? And so what you're seeing is procurement organizations and supply management organizations are certainly investing, you know, going forward. They recognize that the workload continues to increase. The demands from our environment, especially in an environment where companies are growing, you know, going into 2022 and expected and forecasting more growth. But at the same time, they're meeting those growth demands through technology. So you see this technology for labor swap going out, where we're swapping out labor, uh, not necessarily swapping it out, but as these new demands are being put on us, how do we use technology to meet those demands versus, you know, meeting them only with labor as we have in the past? Tim, do you have anything to add on that point or would you like to share some closing thoughts? It's no surprise that companies are being more flexible with talent, allowing them to work remotely not requiring them to relocate to their headquarters city or area and opening up more pools of talent. Uh, that's what it's going to take, uh, not just for procurement, candidly, but for different functions and companies. Uh, I would also say um, and tell my clients to look for unique sources of talent. They don't necessarily have to have deep procurement backgrounds. If you're putting them in a data analytics role, Someone who's more analytical in their job function can suit you and grow into the role. And I'll just add on to what Tim said there. I mean, I didn't mention it in my comments. I was more focused on, you know, some of the, the environment and how we're going to deal with, you know, sort of the challenges with labor, you know, going forward. And, you know, the only, you know, one way to do that is reduce the demand. But at the same time, there is a demand. 
and as Tim mentioned, you know, we're, you know, a lot of people use a lot of different terms to characterize the, you know, the, the time that we're in today. And, you know, how do we solve those needs? And, and so, you know, certainly there's other ways. And, you know, I like to say, as, as Tim mentioned, there's other ponds we can be fishing in to find talent. But, you know, as you think about talent, you know, we have to, you know, focusing on it a bit different. And this is where, you know, one of the things that you've seen is that organizations are continuing to remove the constraints with their environments. You know, companies have said, you know, in the past, we would say, you know, if you want to work here, you have to come to our location. And potentially that location isn't in, you know, in a very attractive area. And so, you know, but in the environment, they were able to attract talent. Today, you know, is, you know, know, some of this, the behaviors are changing. We're organ, you know, a lot of professional talent is not willing to move to certain locations. They want to work re- work remotely, and so organizations have to break down these these barriers they have in organizations. They have to look at talent in a much more, at least, national, domestic way, and not just within the location they are, uh, but also on a global basis as well. So, you know, one of the things that we are seeing is a significant increase in the globalization of the talent pool by which we look at to secure talent within our environments. And so we're seeing a continuous removal of the barriers that had constrained us in the past as we consider the possibilities of, you know, hybrid or remote working going forward than what we have done in the past. Guys, this has been a really good session. Thank you so much for joining me today to discuss procurement's key issues. And I hope we can do this again soon. Thanks for listening. You can find the audio, helpful resources, and a transcript of each episode at podcast.thehackagroup.com. If you liked this episode, please share it. You can also subscribe at Apple Podcasts or your favorite listening app so you never miss an episode. We'd welcome your feedback by tapping the rating on this or any episode or send us an email at podcast at thehackagroup.com. The Hackett Group is a global leader in defining and enabling world-class performance. Learn how we can assist with your improvement journey at www.thehackagroup.com.